Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 206, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Tuesday, October 12th, 2021. Happy World Arthritis Day. Big Arthritis finally gets a marketing win. Happy National Free Thinkers Day. Yikes. Which, loaded, uh, loaded, loaded. Yeah, very loaded. You know, it, the type of people who talk about free thought and do, do your own research. Logic I feel like and it, reason. Yeah, I feel like it's National Do Your Own Research Day. What, yeah. uh, <laughs> is what they might as well be saying. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. It's been one week since you soaked in me. Uh-oh. Cock in, don't move, that makes our God angry. Five days since you ghosted me. Because I have no friends to jump and I'm sorry. Uh, that is courtesy of <laughs> Joseph Henderson at Joe Thinks Stuff. Nice and big. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! It's Miles Will Look. And first of all, in honor of the NLDS, it's your boy Hideo Noho coming with one more soaking, a.k.a. before I have to retire them, because it's <laughs> soak my wang without moving. Do not offend the Lord. Damn it. Penetration. Damn it. No thrusting. Damn Get it. a friend to jump if Damn you it. are trusting. Okay, the bro, you came with that one. You know what's going on. This is a Mormon sport. Okay. Peak come, peak soak, AKAs. Yeah, we've reached As a society, let's try and switch gears. You know, especially because we keep having these first rate guests on our second oh, rate podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> today, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by an award winning staff writer for Slate, uh, whose work focuses on, on identity and religion. Uh, he wrote and produced the amazing video series Who's Afraid of Amen Ismaili? Uh, and has appeared on CNN and NPR and has been featured in the New York Post, Adweek, Gawker, the Huffington Post. Mm, Please mm, welcome the mm. brilliant, the talented, Eamon Ismaili. What's up? Wow. Man? Wait, what you said his intro, last name yo. wrong. What an intro. Is that, that's how you say it in, uh, who's oh, afraid shit. of I didn't know, Eamon. I thought you were, I, you, I didn't know you realized Did I fuck up your last treatment. name or is that There's there no correct way to say it. It's more like a vibe. You just gotta okay. like, feel it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Had to, I've had to say that a few times before. Oh, uh, uh, it's man. more like a vibe. A vibe. <laughs> yeah, a vibe. I'm so tired of telling people my name is Eamon like Matt Damon. I'm just like, say whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. You can have it. I don't have. I don't need it back. <laughs> or the Keep fact that you have to evoke Matt Damon as part of your self-identifying process, <laughs> like Yai. Matt Damon. Yeah. Fuck it up. But I did fuck <laughs> it up last time, right? I said, but you're you're saying it's okay either way, right? I mean. Again, I mean, like, if you want to do it like the Arabic way, it's got to be like, Amen, Ismail. But like, uh-huh. who's going to sing it like that? You just got to right. be like, Amen, Amen, Amen. Amen, Amen. Matt Damon, Matt Damon, right. Matt Damon, Matt Damon. Amen, <laughs> Matt Damon. Amen. Yeah. Take me don't call, to church. Don't, don't call me Hey Man. That's the only thing. Right. right. The guitar center tried to pull that joke with me, and I almost almost. Oh, no. Up. I was like, you know, <laughs> matter of like, fact, return these strings for me. Return them. I'm done. <laughs> these Ernie balls, man. These are good strings, man. You sure? All right. <laughs> I asked for the super slinky, man. Get get the Oh ready. my bad. My okay, I'll go back there. I'll go back there. I'll get the right strings. <laughs> man, so where's what's what's good with you? Where are you at? Where are you you're you you looks like you're traveling, you know? Yeah, I'm out in the land, dude. I'm secretly oh, I'm secretly doing my work from Puerto Rico. Don't tell my editors. No, I won't. Please, I when you when you when you find this out, don't snitch tag anybody at Slate because nobody no. knows. Hey, right. I was we were we were just talking about one of the articles. Uh, I forget who wrote it over at Slate about the tall Zoom energy piece. And I was curious, have was you have you is that something you've noticed too? Like, have you met new coworkers and people think you were taller or less tall or what's your vibe? I haven't I haven't been back to an office since then. I'm trying to hold out for as long as possible. See, I was never a fan of like office culture. I know some people have started going back already. I'm fine with just the messages and the emails. I don't need to see you, you know? So I like leaving it, I like leaning into the mystery and just, it's like your shorter, shorter is height. I don't need right. to know how tall you are. <laughs> right, right. And for all I know, you could be six foot, five foot. I just yeah. don't want to go back to the office. I mean, I, I was always commuting from New Jersey into New York. And so our subway is different than you guys' subway. You know, we have the, the real freaks of the subway on our subway. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. 
Yeah, right. yeah people actually want to start conversations with you where I, where I get off. So. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. I mean, that's easy for you to say. You have tall Zoom energy. I mean, look at you. Yeah. you you're, that's true. What your Zoom presence is overpowering, so it's easy for you, but, you know. For some of the us, the secret is to that. not stack your laptop and like keep it as low as possible. Get to, like that MySpace angle. That's right. What I'm oh yeah. Just so yeah, it's always from that perspective. You want yeah. the chin. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, that's good. How how is uh Puerto Rico? What's what's good in Puerto Rico? I mean, I would recommend the shrimp empanadas. I was really oh, really into tostones. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I've I've tried the mofongo, but honestly, it's not better than it is in the Bronx. So, right. you know, right. you got to you got to come with the expectation that you're just going to like a tropical Bronx. That's how you really get to enjoy Puerto Rico. Otherwise, you're just going to be setting yourself up for sort of like an American Florida fusion. It's it doesn't feel like you've left the country in a weird way. But at the oh. same time, like everything is just delicious. And they have those those Coca-Colas here with the real sugar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys do a lot of traveling, but like the Coca-Colas where we are. We call it so- Mexican Coke out here. Yeah, because it's those typically are, the, those are the ones that they import like in the glass bottle from Mexico, because anything mm-hmm. that's bottled in the, in the, up, up here is all corn syrup for that ass. No, mm-hmm. no, no. no. I, I'm, I can't handle that. Honestly, it gets my yeah. throat off like weirdly the, lubricated. The I'm Sprite, not the Sprite with sugar. Woo! I, good? I will obey my thirst every fucking time if there's <laughs> sugar in it. Thirst. Yeah, I'm always yeah. impressed by Sprite. Anytime I like, I almost never drink it, but when I do, I'm always like, "Damn, like, whoa, oh, this is mm. fucking good." Yeah, I'm cooking it. with gas over here with this. Yeah, was there lemon lime in this? Yeah, <laughs> it's limon. Limon. It wasn't that the thing they called it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in just a moment. First, a couple of stories we're talking about. We're going to talk about like the numbers coming back on. We've all seen the viral videos of people like walking out and be like, I refuse to be vaccinated. I'm a pure blood. You know, the the numbers tell a different story about how willing people are to lose their job in order to not get vaccinated. We're going to catch up with Matthew McConaughey. All right. All right. All right. I don't know why I just started talking like Bill Clinton, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's bad at voices. It was yesterday when Brian was like too many people, too many leaders with vocal fry. Yeah, that's right. We were then we're just, oh, it's Bill Clinton. And, uh, it's Matthew McConaughey. There it is. That's your vocal warm up, also. I noticed. But anyways, he spoke. We get to we get to hear what what he's all about. We're going to talk about whether this is the beginning of the new Trump run for presidency. Uh, he had a event in Iowa, a rally in Iowa over the weekend, um, and people are speculating this might be. This might be the start of him kind of getting on the campaign trail. We so are gonna, early. Thank God. Yes. We are going to talk about the conspiracy theory that Joe Biden uh, has a fake White House and it's being called like the Truman Show presidency, which is confusing. We'll explain it to you. We'll we'll talk about how Justin Bieber was fooled by a Tom Cruise deep fake uh, and that 60 Minutes story from over the weekend about deep fakes. All of that. Plenty more. But first, Eamon, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? One of the, the other recent things that shouldn't be in my search history, but it is, but it's just Sean Hannity throwing a football. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I've, I've seen a lot of articles written about him saying that he sucks at throwing a football and he like doesn't have any follow through. I needed to see for myself. And honestly, I think it's fake news, man. I think he's pretty good. Oh, oh interesting. so there are videos of him just launching that thing well he it's like part of his shtick he like wants to people to think that he's not some like rich elitist which he is and he wants to like this americana vibe so at the beginning or end of every segment he like have a nerf ball that he'll just launch at some poor intern's head and uh mm. honestly he th- he'd be throwing some spirals man really some tight not, spirals some pretty tight spirals i mean he okay. throw it better than me and i played football in high school and, what position did you, and, play? You, know, did you play quarterback i played tight end Oh, okay. Damn. He has no, a I'm weird a, motion. So you like must be like six eight. I'm like at least <laughs> seven nine. Based on your energy. Yeah. Based on your energy, based on uh the based tight on end position. Heard. Yeah. He does have like a weird motion, but it does seem like I don't know. It's not an embarrassment. It's certainly like I'm sure he doesn't mind people googling Sean Hannity throwing a football expecting 
to see Conor McGregor throwing out a first pitch and then, you know, it's fine. It's just right. fine. Uh, but it's not gonna it's, it's not gonna deliver on the uh on on our expectations if we're expecting to see just a joke. You know, yeah. in honor of do your own research day, I think people listening <laughs> should just go and see it for yourselves. You know, yeah, it's on YouTube. It's first like in slow motion, so you could really look at it frame by frame and and observe the technique. The I don't think it's that bad, but you know, people yeah. might disagree. Well, yeah. I mean, because also what his other thing to be like a macho everyman is his MMA shit, right? Like where right, he like yeah. fights in an apartment. Like I, I've seen that footage where he's like training, <laughs> but it's like not at a gym, and it looks like a days in like business. Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what is this place you're training in, Sean? But. Hey man, when you're vaping and crushing shit, is he vape? Is he a vapor? Oh yeah, yeah, he's a vapor. Vapor waves. Oh, we blowing yeah. clouds, bro. Yeah, <laughs> cloud hopping every day. Oh man, what is something you think is overrated? I thought long and hard about this because I I listened to the show and I'm like, what the hell is overrated? It's got to be Hunter Biden's art. I don't know why <laughs> he sold five pieces for like what was it? Something seventy five thousand. No. He just sold all five that he put on almost instantly. And the New York Post is writing raving reviews for some reason, which is totally confusing because they've been calling him a crackhead for like the last year. Right. And now they're saying, actually, he does pretty good art. If you check it out and actually look, I feel like this kid, he just like ripped off somebody off of DeviantArt. He's not, he's just making splatters. It's not, doesn't look good. And, and I feel like because yeah. of, they're only selling because of his name, give one presidency, one presidency later, just wait that like four years. Whoever bought that art for 75000 is going to be looking at themselves like, why the hell do I have this thing? Their yeah, kid is going to be like, Dad, can I go to college? Do I have a college fund? They'll be like, sorry, son. We, this didn't pan out like we wanted it to. Right. <laughs> this is <laughs> sorry, I thought, wild. Like the, his, his shit well, is bad. I mean, look, I'm, look, maybe I'm mad because, you know, I'm, I'm, I, my father's an artist. So I'm, like, I'm a pretty critical art eye. Not that it's based in anything reasonable, but... This shit is selling for seventy five thousand is an affront to people who are like actually dedicating themselves to making art. And the fact that he had an opening at Milk Studios in Hollywood, that is such yeah. industry shit. I'm like, yeah, I think some I think they're laundering money with this shit. They have to be. It's, it's like that sense. painting where they somebody some poor woman in Spain tried to fix a, a painting of Jesus and she like smudged the lips and made it look like this crazy cartoon looking thing. Right, right. It, well, it made it look worse, but at the same time, it made it more valuable because of the the story behind it. Same thing with like a Banksy piece where Banksy tried to subvert the industry by selling a piece that was going to self-destruct when it sold. Did you guys see that? It like the frame itself was a shredder. And so as soon as the gavel oh, hit, right. sold it for whatever much, it like yeah. shredded itself. But it, right, that yeah. only made it worth more. It's like all about being viral. They've basically been selling NFTs. That's that's what right. we're doing here. Right. Which again, great way to launder money. Hey, I, yeah. I sold myself an NFT from uh, with Bitcoin. <laughs> I got off of like a hacking operation, and that's traceable. <laughs> so I bought it as an NFT, and now it's all clean. Yeah. They probably had to do the Hunter Biden. I want to be surprised. Yeah. Either that or cashed in an envelope. Right. <laughs> Is this the right, like, doing sort of COINTELPRO, like, type shit? Like, just, like, really, like, 4D chess shit where they're like, Sean Hannity can't throw a football, so people Google that, and they're like, eh, he's, he's okay. Or Hunter Biden's art is good, and then, like, we have to go look and be like, not really. <laughs> but they're just, right. like, trying to seed low or high expectations. Well, the other thing, too, is just, like, with art, right? Like, it says that the people who bought it were, like, close like personal friends of the person who owned the gat like whose gallery was putting on the show sure. yeah. which i mean you know there is there is some type of shit where you say you bought the shit for seventy five thousand, you didn't and the mm -hmm. artist says that they, they sold it for seventy five thousand, they didn't but that mm -hmm. helps in the long run because then it could get that much or make you know following works of art worth more because mm -hmm. you've set like a baseline for what his work is worth but i don't i mean i just don't know like an art collector who's like and this is a Hunter Biden original. Yes, I know. I have I have a couple other ones. That is a Georgia O'Keeffe right next to it. But this is a just a one of a kind Hunter Biden nightmare piece.
I mean, this actually has a basis in history of like presidential fail son or fail brother like memorabilia because like Billy Beer was a thing that came out during the uh, Jimmy Carter presidency. Like his brother like released a beer that was like kind of a joke and it tasted really bad. But everybody it was it was like the baseball cards of the time everyone was like oh if you just keep one of these and like don't open it you're going to be a millionaire one day uh, yeah. and then like there there was just a real a bunch of really shitty beer that that never got opened <laughs> uh, and it didn't uh, grow in value so maybe maybe this is like just a in that tradition part of the right. fail fail son tradition can't imagine like in a generation people are even going to know who hunter biden is it was like the biggest non-story for the people who are not at the center of the story bro i'm looking at this artwork i'm looking at this artwork and i'm saying they're not going to know who joe biden is they're going to yeah. know who hunter biden is because his work <laughs> is going to overshadow everything i'm looking at the fucking guernica right now okay <laughs> right. it's a fucking masterpiece Thank oh, you. <laughs> I also feel like you need to give me one painting where you do something like photorealistic or something because it's all abstract shit that like I don't know. I'm not I'm not seeing anything that's like but you know like Andy Warhol was a great artist. Like he could paint like things that looked like what they were supposed to look like and also do like pop art. I feel right. like I need I need to see that to appreciate Hunter's artwork because it's more. also like it's a bad version of like murakami takashi's like work mm -hmm. like it's very it's like it it's like he it's like hunter biden saw like uh one of his pieces like yo that's kind of fucking weird dude yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah daddy i want paint <laughs> <laughs> the only way this is going to make sense is if donald trump jr also had like a painting career he was trying to drop and hunter was like actually i'm going to do this first and and steal all right. the thunder. That's the only <laughs> way this would make sense to me. Could you? Yeah. Then the sad part is like his art's like really good because he's so tortured from like like not really having a relationship <laughs> with his father. And like, it's so vivid his work. It's he just yeah. paints it's self portraits of him in his bathroom mirror. That's the right. <laughs> Did anyone actually listen to that fight commentary from September 11th where no. Trump and Trump Jr. Because it was apparently like his disdain for Donald Trump Jr. was like palpable. <laughs> oh, like, like, like tell him to shut up kind of shit? Yeah, yeah. Like he ignored him other than to correct him. And there was another person doing the broadcast with them who was an actual MMA fighter. And Trump was, you know, as he as he is one to be like very impressed by big, strong men and was just like deferring to him and basically implying that Donald Trump Jr. should shut the fuck up. He's like, I'm sorry about my kid. He's kind of an embarrassment. Yeah, he, he speaks out of turn a lot. Yeah. Don, you see, you see his arms? Like two big Christmas hams, those biceps. <laughs> Take note, buddy. Take note. Um, I think you unlock the secret to tall Zoom energy. You just have to ignore everybody, just only chime in to correct them. Yes. <laughs> right, exactly. He would never call Junior buddy, by the way. Damon, what is, uh, what is something you think is underrated? I would say the Capitol Rioters, man. You know, mm, yeah. uh, I, w I was there. I think we talked about this last time. I keep yeah. thinking about how insane it is that more, almost all of them walked in after the cops had already given up, did their little tour and left. And I keep thinking back to that. And I'm like, yo, honestly, that's like the dream for some of these protesters. <laughs> like if the Women's right. March were able to just kind of storm in after all the violence that already occurred, so their hands are basically cleaned. It, they're basically being allowed in because the cops have given up and they don't want to die for the building. That's kind of a, an amazing feat. So I don't know. I feel like everyone's been, including myself, just talking about these people like they're crazy sickos and psychos and they all live in like a shed in the middle of the woods like the Unabomber. But they, they got it done, man. They got it done. <laughs> right. Yeah. That strategy it's, works in a white supremacist country when it's a bunch of white people fighting for white supremacy. What is your reason for storming the Capitol today? If it's something anti-capitalist, we will shoot you in the face immediately. Right. Oh, white right. supremacy right this way. Yeah, to the right left. We way, have sir. some windows that we failed to reinforce uh, with any kind of safety <laughs> measures. They're right underneath the building. If you just smash those out, you'll get right in. Right. <laughs> 
like <laughs> honestly i don't know and i mean to your point about them being underrated when you look at the we i talk about this all the time the sentences that are being handed down to these people are like mm-hmm. the lightest slaps on the wrist dude they're getting to go home yeah they're yeah. like attacking cops and they're like oh it's okay you can do like your serve you can you can basically serve your term at home right yeah yeah you're lucky you don't get shot if you're on you're the wrong color right or just yeah, and, and to think that in places like Minneapolis, like we were talking about last week, they were using words like "we're hunt, we're going out hunting." Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. that clip is hunting so crazy! Protesters. Yeah, they were like a gang. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think? Because I, I was, it was funny before we came on. I was talking about like I always, I always like read your work in Slate, and I remember one of the around the time of the what was it like the September 8th, the big justice for J six wet fart of a rally. You had written a piece about how like it, they don't really need to, and they don't need to gather in physical space anymore. Like no, they've, done. they, they've already seen that they have each other out there. And now it's more like, let's shift our focus on actual ways to exert kind of power than just showing up screaming. And that's the scary part is that they've, they've kind of learned their lesson from the Capitol, right? Where they've, they dif- discovered what's the benefit from doing something like that and what they can lose. And maybe some of them had the right, the right, uh, the right reaction where they're like, yo, we're actually mo- losing the middle ground here, but we can go to these school board meetings and scream our asses off about wanting to save the children. And anybody who screams against us looks like they're trying to kill kids on purpose. Right. That's sort of an easy win. And they know that those people are not going to be protected. They can follow yeah. them home and they can threaten them with, guns or whatever they want and they're going to be fine in doing so and so i think they've learned their lesson and they realize that they can actually get those people to quit and then run unopposed and get their jobs and just basically start grooming the next generation by red pilling them before they even know what's what yeah yeah and it's working it's working it's i don't think anybody's really figured out a how to stop them from doing that and b how to get people to hold these positions you know, yeah. uh, how do we get people who are going to be stuck and threatened and have their families threatened with violence? How do we tell them, hold your ground? Otherwise, these people are going to be rewriting your kids' textbooks. It's sort of a lose-lose situation. Right. right. Yeah. It, it's like, they're, it's sort of like, I mean, in a terrible like analogy, but like you're trying to get into like the big club, like the storm of the capital is like, yo, that nice club, you know, where the celebrities go. And they're like, nah, <laughs> man, you can't get in here. Like, fuck it. We'll go to this dive bar. I know we can get into where that's how they're like, okay, well, we couldn't exert power there. There's places where it's the easiest point of entry into decision-making positions, <laughs> like in our communities. And that's where we'll go instead, because nobody's checking there. Yeah. Did you guys see what happened in Tennessee? No, what happened in Tennessee? This, like QAnon conspiracy woman is now head of textbooks in Tennessee. And so now she's going to be the one deciding what textbooks get bought and what's being taught in these classes across the board for the whole state. And she's like this conspiracy QAnon person. It's it's like that's the ground that we can't see, right. and it's, we're already losing it. And yeah. this is where I know I'm not shit because I'm immediately like, I need to write that motherfucking textbook and get rich. If she's buying textbooks, <laughs> I'm like, you're gonna love my take on American history. Lady. Trust me, it didn't. America didn't exist till '97. '97. All right, let's. It, it was. It, it began with uh, Bill Clinton's Lewinsky affair. Yeah, that exactly. Was, that was the. That was the yeah, that was the America. revolution. Our original Bush. sin. Yeah. Actually, no. I guess Ronald Reagan would have to be the founding father. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In. My bad. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna workshop it. Started in 1980. There you go. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. And we're back. And let's talk about some of the, the people that, you know, we've covered a few stories about how, like, Outraged healthcare workers are refusing to get vaccinated. Uh, cops are willing to walk out. And... So we're starting to see like some results from overall, like, you know, companies that had put in place vaccine mandates. And it's like it seems to be generally like one only one percent of people refuse to be vaccinated and have to be let go. Yeah. I mean, there's like sexier numbers like in New York, like where fourteen hundred people were going to be terminated and things like that. But, you know, there's places like United where they have 67,000 employees, only 600 ended up leaving. 
or like a healthcare system in North Carolina that employs over 35,000. There's only like 120 something that left again, like less than 1%. And I mean, I think there's like this, you know, clearly there's a, there's a like schadenfreude aspect, I think to it, because the, the majority of the nation is like, we can't just let these people like hold us back. So the idea that it's like, oh, they're taking L's with their careers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to see that. But I think it's also, it's giving people a very skewed idea of like, just how, like what the resolve is of many people to be like, yeah, like I'm, I'm all about freedom. I don't fucking need a job. It doesn't seem just like that. There was a CNBC story that was like about uh, Northern Illinois University. And they're like vaccine mandates are like causing people to like drop out. But if you read the article, it's only like two people. Mm-hmm. So you right. spent all this, you spent all this, all these resources to write a story with this headline. But yet when it boils down to it, you're like, yeah, two people of the thousands took off. And where I don't know, it's, it's just kind of a, it's just a moment where I'm like looking at, okay, so clearly I know conservative media is incentivized to keep the outrage about vaccine mandates, you know, like brewing as long as possible. But then even like on just other media sites, just seems like even, you know, left or centrist sites, still a very similar thing to like, very much focus on this. And I think it gives people a very different idea of what's happening. Yeah. And, you know, you were pointing out in in kind of your write up here that this is something that we've seen every like I've actually heard people specifically have this question be like, there's no way that like when the smallpox vaccine came out or when the polio vaccine came out, like there was this much resistance, like we are at a uniquely dumb time. And, you know, that that's not the case. There was resistance. It just wore down over time and we were able to you know, use vaccinations to eradicate smallpox by, right. you know, after it was over the course of like 50 years, but it did. Oh, okay. <laughs> Start the timer now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, like there were people like marching on schools to be like, we don't want our kids to get the smallpox vaccine, like back, back yeah. at the beginning of the 20th century. And cities and town towns all over the U.S. faced backlash over the mandates but it just didn't gain as much traction as people being like, yeah, this appears to be working. We're gonna... Yeah, I think because they're fringe yeah. movements, you know, in, yeah. in their essence. Yo, this is yeah. like a, a microcosm of exactly what the hell is wrong with the way that we consume news and the way we even write about news. You know, uh, I hate talking about media as a pejorative, especially someone who's like uh, in the media as a writer. Sure, sure. Because sure. there's so many people who disagree and, you know, it's, it's the way we decide on what gets written about has nothing to do with what stories we think are the truest. It's like, what do we think people are going to engage with, right? That's just how everybody in the media, no matter big or small, that's how we think of what's a successful piece. And that's a problem. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that's like, but well, that's what's wrong with it. But then, you know, based on the way we consume news media, we're sort of piecemealing whatever our reality is. And so it doesn't matter if we write about the, the 15 that quit or the 150 who didn't. You know, even though the the clear majority, depending on how you feel about the vaccine in the first place, that's what you're going to see. That's what you're going to attach yourself to. You know, I don't know if you guys saw the there was like a death uh, last week. There's this woman out in Seattle named Jessica Berg Wilson who lost her life, uh, uh, supposedly because this is all we know is what was written in her obituary, uh, supposedly because she took the J&J vaccine and got symptoms and eventually died and lost her life. And she was like this young, healthy person. And so she's, if that's true, that's the fourth person in America who died after taking a vaccine, the fourth person. And there have been millions of doses that have been handed out. But that fourth person is enough for all of these anti-vaccine pundits and mouthpieces or even news websites that are, they're going to attach themselves to the story and pump out like four, five, six articles just about mm-hmm. those four, just about the, that family that now doesn't have a mom in their life because of what happened to her, which is a real thing. And it's a tragic thing. That's four out of millions. So right. it's, it's really got, it really just comes down to what you already think, which is really scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And who's, how will you, how will it uh, affect your confirmation bias? That's the, yeah. that's the problem with doing your own research. I think that's why it's so scary to throw your weight behind it. Cause it's like doing your own research really in this day and age where there's so much information and it's impossible to tell what's real and what's wrong because sometimes what's wrong is, has a grain of reality attached to it. 
Right. And yeah. so you do your own research and you're basically looking for what validates what you already think. And that's why it's so easy for some of these people to say, do your own research. And they expect you to find what they're finding, which is the stories like Jessica Berg Wilson's and not right. the millions of others that have had no symptoms and are now going to Bonnaroo because they have a vaccine. Right. <laughs> It'd be wild if they just do like a versus battle of like a, like, you know, <laughs> microbiologist, epidemiologist tag team versus like Robert F. Kennedy and some other like anti-vax truther. And be like, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be a fair one. Okay. Yeah. We're going to bring up points. You're going to let them say some wild shit. Then scientists will speak. And then the audience from there will decide. I feel like in yeah. that way, you could be like, can you agree to that? Like if we put your person up against some experts, that, that would be cool. You could just watch them go toe to toe. But maybe then they'll be like, yeah, they were cheating. They were cheating the whole thing. Like <laughs> they were cheating the scientists by saying everybody knows you can't cheat in verses. What happens happens. And that's the, that's the law. Exactly. As Dip said, there's a thread of this doctor ha like talking about how he talks to people who are skeptical of the vaccine that I brought up a, a couple of times on the show. But he the, the main kind of takeaway for me is that he's amazingly patient with like every single one of the counterfactuals that people like bring up to him mm -hmm. and also acknowledges the fact that yeah there have been like reactions to the vaccine just like there are to any vaccine here are the numbers though and like kind of getting ahead of that and that that seemed really smart to me right to just be like and then here are your chances if you don't get the vaccine of contracting covid which is like hundreds of times higher than having a reaction and then of dying from COVID, which are still like dozens of times higher than having a reaction, mm -hmm. probably still hundreds. I don't know. Anyways, right. we have to get to important shit. Matthew McConaughey has spoken. I'm seeing pick up for this like everywhere uh, in the media. <laughs> the Hollywood reporter yes. just sent me a notification being like here, Matthew McConaughey would be risking it all with a governor run but he'd also stand to like gain a lot. And okay. it's just like, why is this? He's not risking thing? shit. Oh, geez. Right. <laughs> the fuck is his risk? Oh, no. he's, a, he's a millionaire. Like, right. But yeah, so we've all been speculating like what, like just the idea of a Matthew McConaughey gubernatorial run seems very strange. We have no real idea of what his platform would be. And we still don't. Um, <laughs> but he talked about it. He, he said, some words kind of at that mm. question yeah in the direction I mean, of it's like is he gonna is this gonna be a reality-based campaign will it be a sick-ass character study character bit <laughs> he's gonna do and just based on his answers it kind of sounds like both is what this thing is gonna be like because <laughs> he went on kara swisher's podcast and he he had ideas he had thoughts first off just on the abortion ban SB8 in Texas, he was like, it's ruthless. It's terrible. Like, he's like, the trickery involved with the, the like legal wording is despicable. Six weeks is not enough time for any for anyone to make a reasonable decision as it would relate to that. So that one, okay, seemed like he was on the uh, reality-based, reasoned sort of crew there. On masks, he said, we were all more afraid of the word mandate than we were the damn mask. And I think our pride trumped and stamped down our honor there. We chose privilege over principle. Okay. Starting to, he's starting to heat up, though, getting a little McConaughey here. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then he really then he, they were like, OK, so like what how do you think about your relationship to politics and like where you fit in and all this stuff? He says, I'm working on what I'm trying to understand politics to be. Whoa. OK, uh -huh. I think we've got to redefine politics. If each party's only about preservation of party. Well, I'm almost arguing that's undemocratic. I mean, yeah, there's something to that. Uh, and then he says, if you're only there to, you know, by hook or by crook, preserve your party, you're leaving out 50 percent of the people. So I think politics needs a redefining. Oh, I can only. OK, OK. What else you got? <laughs> then he said, look, I'm not a man who comes at politics from a political background. I'm more of a statesman, philosopher, folk singing <laughs> poet. I don't oh, talk. Politics. Hell yeah. I talk people. Folk there he is. Poet. <laughs> Statesman, wow. philosopher, folk singing poet. Bang. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for some something like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I'm not sure what his philosophy is aside from him. I think he's also on that Yang, like radical centrist shit because he's like, the way I look at it, there's 60% of people out there. That's the majority. 
and we yeah. gotta find it from the center, man. And you're like, oh, oh boy. Uh, okay. Is Matthew okay. McConaughey trying to fuck me with this uh, <laughs> answer? <laughs> it's like such just like the oh shit that a God. fuck boy would yeah, say like, at a party, like while trying to fuck you. Harris <laughs> was just like, are you brushing my hair back? <laughs> I'm more of like a statesman philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, folk singing poet, oh, if you will. Yeah. Okay, sir. Thank you. I don't... <laughs> all right, all right. All right, all right. Oh, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Well, this is, uh, I mean, to only uh, from that last poll, only 25% of Texans were like, yeah, 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 maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, it doesn't seem like the right state for that sort of thing either. Like, I mean, he, I know he's from Texas and, like, is a, a proud Texan that Texans are proud of, but I do feel like there's a, there's also, like, maybe mayor of Austin would work, but yeah. I feel like, yeah. yeah. The, he, you know he, he reminds like, me yeah. of, man? It reminds me of somebody like joining a, a random club and thinking they have it all figured out. And you just feel like, oh, yeah, that kid is so naive. He right, like, doesn't right. know what he's <laughs> stepping into. It's like if you actually think about what people vote on and like how they vote, they rarely, they rarely look at like trying to solve the, the, the problems right. that we have. They're just like thinking of the one issue they care about most. And they're like, well, how does this politician think about this one issue? How do they care? Right. About, what do they think about taxes? And they're just right. going to vote whoever is going to make their taxes cheaper or yeah. you know there's some people who are single issue Texas? voters on like um, abortion um, and only abortion you know so it's yeah. like ah uh, i don't know man i don't know how many people are really convinced that politics can be redeemed and that there can be a like a utopia america where people politicians aren't slimy scumbags it's like that sounds great right. that sounds nice i think everybody who gets into politics might think that at some point but then oh, you yeah. get there, then you just all just like people doing favors for each other. And it's like people, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, that not, was it's not that clean. I got involved right when Obama was running and I was like, here we go. So this was this lobbying firm. And I'm like, yeah, bro, we're going to help get this fucking health care <laughs> shit. And then you're like, wait, who's paying my, wait, who cuts my checks? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, we work for this industry. What the fuck? And then I'm like, nah, dude, I can't, I can't keep doing this shit. This is like. But very idealistic because you have this belief. You're like, yeah, if there's like the right amount of people, but you're playing a rigged game. And so until you can like change the rules, there's not much that can be done. So I think that's why the emphasis really needs to be a little bit. People need to zoom out a little bit more and be like, it's not just the people that you get in there. Like it's fundamentally you're sending them into the terror dome. So there's pretty much only one outcome. Yeah, any any one of these like experienced politicians will just eat him alive, man. And they're just going to get him to say what they want him to say on like the condition they help him with something else. And that's just how politics works behind the scenes. You know, yeah, even right. someone like AOC, who everybody is like, she's the only principled one. I see it all the time. People believe that. Right. Yeah. And then you see that she's like voting absent on something. She really has very strong. Yeah, like, wait, hold on. Where are you on that Iron Dome funding? Ma? Right. And right. she's just going to yeah. sit quietly because she feels like she has to. So. Right. Mm, I don't know. That's Matthew. what I'm like, yo, just flame out. Do you? And if they vote you out, then go out a legend because you could right. probably come right back in. But like it's but there aren't many politicians who are willing to go. No, I'll fucking I will. I will ride this shit till the fucking wheels blow off and I'm yeah. voted the fuck out. And yeah, when you start seeing people triangulate and do shit like that, you're like, uh oh, yeah. you're starting to become you're you're understanding the hill a little bit and you're trying to survive <laughs> the hill. You're doing hill survival moves. I do wonder what the like there there were all these uh stolen Facebook numbers that indicated to Bannon and you know what whatever that data firm was that there Cambridge that America was, yeah Cambridge Analytica that America was like ripe for an outsider candidate like I think it was a couple years before the presidential election and that's why they backed Trump kind of reluctantly I I wonder what those types of numbers say about the country now because it does seem like we're still kind of you know disillusioned with politics as it currently exists but we're also disillusioned with the presidency of the outsider that they chose last time <laughs> so i don't know I, i'd be yeah. curious uh that's what i was gonna say hack was, facebook i was like here's all the ways that bernie could still win it's like <laughs> this is how you do it right, right. I, mean, I i'm i'm one of those people too where i'm just like so jaded and I get why people say they don't want to vote because it feels like we don't really have, like, we don't get to choose who we want to vote. We get to vote against the person we don't want. And that's right. just the system we have and it sucks, but that's what we got. 
And it's hard to start there knowing that that's what the situation is, trying to convince someone to, to vote with you because you know that this person isn't perfect. It's like all the people who wanted Biden and it was the purpose was to get Trump out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I hope I'm not like shattering anyone's reality by saying that, but that's really why I wanted Biden in. I was like, yo, Trump is going to kill us all. And I, I don't want to end up on a list because yeah. he like floated that idea about Muslims. I was like, I got to get this guy out of here <laughs> before he starts right, right. doing that. And, you know, that's the, that's the baseline. That's where we're starting. And so when you have someone like Matthew McConaughey come in and say like, look, I can fix this. It's like, really, you're, you're, you're not selling us on anything new. You're coming in and you're going to say, right. I'm going to be the right person. But that's what they all say. And then they come in and then something happens. And then now all of a sudden Guantanamo is not getting close. And now all right. of a sudden we're going to do healthcare, but it's going to look like this. It's not going to be free. It's everybody's making compromises. Everybody's making right. compromises because they have that one issue they, they got to get through. So I don't know. I'd almost rather him come in and say, look, we got to fix the wealth gap. And everything right. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to bring back to the wealth gap. Exactly. Okay. Right. That's a serious, yeah. that's a serious strategy. That would Every, be amazing. Yeah. yeah. All the, all the pain you're feeling is because of inequality. So right, that's right. what I'm here for. Every spin, I, I can watch, say anything, any topic right now, I'll bring it right back to inequality for you. Yeah. Fucking anything, <laughs> go. And no one talks like that. I mean, that's the other thing is that I think just the way people are communicating too, it's still like this hybrid of like old gate beltway talk, but also just like with trying to be somewhat more conversational when really these people seem to speak directly at the ills and how to solve them. But everyone's different because then someone's like, this person just hates America. It's like, no, yeah. I'm identifying <laughs> issues and they're fucked. But why McConaughey you, might be like, hey, I can fix it, man. Unlike a Buick Enclave to 2021 that will not ever need any fixing because with their 72-month <laughs> warranty and 0% APR financing for qualified borrowers, I mean, we're looking at a new adventure, Buick. Nah, I'm sorry, man. What was his, I saying? his sales pitch is always like, I saw a moose running. Yeah, across. right. <laughs> it's just so wild. Huh. They said you're, Encore, the Buick Encore GX. Your point on people voting for Biden because, because he was against Trump is interesting. I, I may be in the minority here. I actually voted for Biden based on the art of his son. Hunter, uh, <laughs> but mm. I don't know. Like that—that's that a sensitive man. Me. That's interesting. He raised that artist. Yeah, exactly. We we need more news articles about the people who voted for Biden only for Trump. <laughs> right. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And there is a new conspiracy theory that is circulating on the right that you've actually seen evidence of if you saw or heard Joe Rogan talk about how he thought that Joe Biden didn't actually get the booster shot and that that was like a fake booster shot that he got. Oh, that, right. Because he might yeah. have freaked out on camera. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he could die. He could have died of the of the reaction. He could die. So that is actually was first forwarded by a bunch of people who think that Joe Biden has built a fake soundstage on which he appears and pretends to be in the White House. And they use this uh, evidence where he, he is photographed in front of windows that like have, you know, projections of the Rose Garden on them. And they are like, this is clearly a soundstage. He isn't actually the president. We are watching a movie with a fake president and Donald Trump is the real president is what uh, one QAnon, one QAnon thought leader claimed. Other people are just using it as like sort of a broad like Jack uh, Posobiec yeah. is calling it the Truman Show presidency, which quickly got pulled, bubbled up onto uh, Fox News oh, where it was. Quote, Truman Show presidency, Biden ridiculed for using fake White House set. And first what of all, that's... Bless their hearts. <laughs> Th that's published on Fox News, those yeah. words out. What do they even mean? What does that article even... Like, I'm sorry, I'm still hung up on the thing that you're saying people are using as evidence. That there was... Was he actually... Were there actual projections of the Rose Garden in a window? Or are they mistaking the fact that, like, the windows there are, like, so bulletproof, like, it distorts things mm. when you look through it? No, no. So... There is a building in the White House complex uh -huh. where lots of presidents have had made appearances. 
He is doing most of his appearances from there because it is a bigger room than the rooms in the White House. And apparently, and I haven't confirmed this, but we are in the middle of a global fucking pandemic. And so oh. they don't want a lot of people like a, you know, press swarm of <laughs> a swarm of press people in the same room as our like 95 year old president during a global pandemic. And so it's like this big kind of room in the Eisenhower executive office building connected to the White House. The press is fully like there are many photographs that show that it is just a backdrop. Like the faux White House aesthetic was created for the global coronavirus summit, but it's (laughs) in no way looks like would fool anyone. And in fact, the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the projection in the window had the words build back better mm. floating in the middle of it, which should have been a no, dead giveaway. But that's because <laughs> Kamala's a witch. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He's everywhere. Oh, whoops. Yeah, there there's so many pictures where it's clearly right. uh he's in an auditorium for policy announcement because it's bigger and he he's not trying to die from the pandemic and he's not trying to kill a bunch of press people from the pandemic. And it's just so easy to fact check. Like Fox News knows it's laughably bullshit. Yeah. Like untrue because they are invited to these events. <laughs> they're that in that motherfucking room. Yeah. They're invited. They're, they're invited. there. Yeah, they're right there. They know oh, nobody's man. trying to pull one over on them, but That's they can weird. report on. I mean, this kind of ties into the theme of the episode. They can report on the social media response, which makes it like technically true, despite the fact that the response happens to be a bunch of bullshit and they know it. Dude, have you have you scrolled down to look at the comments on the Fox News website? Oh. Dude, there's so much despair going on. Someone's like, mean? I feel like we're living in a simulation. Things are just getting more bizarre by the day. Someone else is like, I can see this coming from a mile away. Biden's approval ranking is falling. Oh my God, <laughs> man. They believe it. They believe this. I mean, yeah, I mean they think he's in a bunker. The QAnon <laughs> kind of conspiracy theory is funny because one person's like, if, in case you needed any more proof, you are definitely <laughs> watching a movie with a fake president. Look no further. And then, and then he said, I challenge you to find me one picture like this while Trump was at the White House. I'll wait. And it's like, no, they built that set <laughs> for wait. this other thing. But also so somebody like a QAnon believer was like, but like, so who if if Trump is still president, who's making all these terrible decisions that we disagree with? <laughs> <laughs> they, they were <laughs> shut they, up you fucking yeah, they didn't say Damn. i'll win but uh I, th- I do think that that uh raises some interesting questions for them. right like go just i mean look if if you can see the fucking matrix then explain the fucking matrix don't just go <laughs> we are watching a movie right now folks <laughs> yeah and dude <laughs> who is producing the film and for what goal exactly and what and so if tr- it really, and that's, I think that's what's so, I think, alarming, you know, is the energy, the mental energy spend that's going into saying things out loud. He's like, no, nah, man, we're watching a movie. This is all <laughs> fake, man. Like, that's a, that should be a really scary place to be more than thinking that Trump isn't the president. But okay, go on. Yeah. They, they need to believe that he's both like weak and asleep and doesn't know what's going on, but also has like this elaborate conspiracy where he's pulled the wool over everyone's eyes and he's just pulling levers behind the scenes as destroying mm-hmm. the country. It's Eamon, I'm curious to just hear your thoughts on like as as somebody who is kind of part of the media, like where you think we're, we're headed in terms of like Trump running again and, you know, what what support for him is going to look like and, you know, what what are the vibes within a uh, vibe check with Mac quick World. vibe check. Uh, what do you, do you think like he, he had that um, rally over the weekend, but that like seems to indicate he's going to do it again. But like, how, how do you like, how are you thinking about it right now? I mean, yeah, anybody, any reporter who was paying close attention to Trump during his whole regime, the last four years, it, it feels like we haven't had a break yet, which is crazy. But I mean, it's obvious to anyone that he doesn't even know what he's doing yet. And that right. right now he's testing the waters. He's dropping a, little, a couple of hints and seeing how people react. He's waiting for the polling to get back in. 
because he's so terrified of the embarrassment of the humiliation of announcing that he's running again and, and most people not get, getting behind him. You know, he's not going to run unless he knows for sure that every Republican congressman is not going to either not going to run against him or get steamrolled by him. He needs to know for sure before he he risks his brand like that. And, you know, that's kind of how he was president. You know, it's, it's hard for me to believe that he had some big mystifying plan and the whole thing was set up to push America in a certain direction. He doesn't know it. He doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Right. He's, he's sort of doing day, it day by day, moment. shooting yeah. from the hip. Yeah. Trying to just see like what what's going to please the MAGAverse the most. What's going to make them the most engaged and the most excited for the next election cycle or whatever. So that's that's what's going on right now in Mar-a-Lago. He's sitting around asking his yes man, is now the right time? Should I do it? What are people saying? How do I how do I right. know for sure? Right. And I'm sure he's getting getting it from both sides. There's that poll that came out that showed that only 44 percent of Republicans want Trump to run in 2024. So yeah. who knows what the, how that poll is going to change between now and it becomes time for him to announce or when, if that time's going to happen. Because yeah. say that number goes down, that could probably indicate to us that it's not going to happen. If the number goes up, I think it's going to indicate that he will. So that's that's where he's at. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, I think he wants to run uh, mostly because he's still trying to get on Twitter. He's still trying to have some sort of White House prestige that he's holding on to. We, we saw that when he was doing his like random press releases where he was like typing in all caps. Right. It's still <laughs> him wanting to be president. He wants people to care about what he thinks in the same way that Tucker Carlson wants people to care about what he thinks. It's it's crazy. Right. It almost he, he should honestly just disappear and be glad that he had the run. And who knows if he just disappears forever, his reputation might improve based on how bad people think of a job that uh, Joe Biden's doing or whoever's going to come next. Maybe it's DeSantis yeah. or whoever, you know, it, it rehabilitated uh, George Bush's reputation. So my take is this. He should disappear. He won't because right. he needs people to know. Yeah. what he's up to and he needs them to think that he's got a plan when yeah. he doesn't i feel like his kind of disappearance to this point has been helpful to him because those numbers that you know 44 percent support him running again like i think it's two-thirds of republicans think he should like be involved like heavily in in the future of the party and like that's up I think 20% from January 6th. So it's like moving in the right direction for him with with him being artificially silenced. And it, it, it'll be interesting like once he's able to figure out how to start spouting off again. Yeah. Dude, January 6th is the perfect indicator for this, man. Because when January 6th happened, there was this sweep of consciousness that was just running wild through the Republican Party. And you had loyalists like Nikki Haley saying, We've gone too far and we need to yeah. reel it back. But just this week, she was on TV saying that yeah. January 6th didn't happen and that racism doesn't exist in this country. Yeah. And so the more time we we have between Jan like January 6th and the Trump presidency and now, I think the MAGAverse is going to romanticize how good they had it when Trump was running. Even though they had the, the all three... Uh, branches of the government, but still weren't able to do anything because they don't really have a plan, but they're still going to romanticize it and think, well, damn, we had everything. The country was on track. The economy was booming. Yeah. And then as soon as the Democrats took over, it all went to shit. So they're going to tell themselves what they need to, to imagine Trump is like this hero. And, you know, you ever see like the Trump flags of him as Rambo with these like huge yeah, exactly. like arms and stuff like that's going to become, that's, that's going to be what they remember of Trump. So yeah. Yeah, if he stays quiet, it's a problem. Honestly. When you but when I look at the polling, right, th almost a third say he should not remain a major political figure, right, uh, it, among Republicans, and twenty two percent said they would support another presidential candidate that shared his values. To me, I see more of like a schism there, where I think the people who are like like newly minted conservative wonks, I guess, think like, no nah, man, like we're not going to be able to win with Trump. Like that's clear. Like, if we really want to go full steam with this, like, fascist, ethno-nationalist agenda, then it has to be someone else. And it seems like if that's people's aims, there's on some level, they understand that it, it energizes people to be against Trump. So if they're thinking about it that way, it's like, we like someone with the same fucked up core beliefs, just not that brand, because that's going to be harder to win. 
But then, you know, there's also a lot of like operatives and uh, people that he consults with. Apparently, the reporting is that like many of them are saying, like, wait till after the fucking midterms, because the second you start going out there saying like, I'm going to run and shit, it may fuck up everything. And there are definitely people who believe that. So, I mean, on some level, there's is like this sort of half reckoning with trying to understand, like, from a purely electoral strategical standpoint, what does it mean to have Trump anywhere near an election? But then there clearly there's 44 percent who are watching a movie right now (laughs) with a fake president. (laughs) I hope he's shook enough by the people who booed him for getting the vaccine that he just like loses it like. Chappelle and like just can't focus on anything else but like the people who disagree with him and like is starts uh you know focusing on that oh that even the MAGA people like like old Chappelle fans like damn you used to have it man right yeah yeah yeah. he just won't Mm -hmm. stop talking about this fucking this election thing and just focuses only on like the one piece of negative feedback that he's gotten in 10 years and like that becomes all he talks about or however Mm -hmm. He just loses whatever confidence and like pocket he was in with the mega thing. But I think like anything, if like that, you're going to kick, you're going to purge those people who are making you feel those icky things. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just really want Trump Jr. to run so that just so we can watch him do this whole campaign and not get his own dad's endorsement. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he really wouldn't. He fucking <laughs> wouldn't, man. He completely fucks it up. I'm like, I'll be honest. I mean, he's he's completely unproven. He's, yeah. he's he's an amateur. He's a lightweight. So he's a lightweight. Total lightweight, that kid. Um his puny stick arms. Uh, ask him to roll up his sleeves next time you see him. <laughs> Check out his tricep definition. It's nothing. It's nothing. No Christmas him. Yeah. Uh Santa's horseshoes back there. Big old horseshoe <laughs> triceps. All right, let's talk really briefly uh about deep fakes. Justin Bieber was fooled <laughs> by a Tom Cruise deep fake. I know this isn't like the CIA being fooled. Bieber's not our sharpest celebrity, mm. but Canada's Canadian. No, no, we're he's not Canadian. claiming him. Right. We're not okay, claiming him. sorry. America, <laughs> North America's <laughs> sharpest celebrity. But I find it's still interesting because it's someone who wields immense power online, like yeah. fooled for multiple hours, even created a video. So it was like a video of Tom Cruise like playing the guitar. Tom Cruise from like 20 years ago, because he looked like way younger than he does now. And it was very convincing and Bieber was like, whoa, you're shredding. But like, I still can, apparently he's like offered to fight Tom Cruise, like box Tom Cruise. So like there was some of that, mm. it became a thing. And then people were like, Hey man, that's, that's a, that's from an account called deep Tom Cruise. Like, do you, it's a deep fake, <laughs> but you know, 60 minutes did a report yesterday where they like, it was about this. It talked to a bunch of experts who are like, this is going to be, the biggest story of the next like 10 years when it comes to media. And it wasn't like somebody who just invented like a new technology trying to like boost their, it was just like somebody who pays attention to disinformation for a living. But the thing 60 minutes did with it was they de-aged the reporter by 30 years, which is like a suspiciously cool thing for the reporter using this like cutting edge technology to make him like yeah. look more fuckable. <laughs> <laughs> right. But he's like, damn, I look good, right? Damn. Right, this guy can get it, huh? <laughs> Catfish the whole news media. That's wild. Right. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I don't, it's just the expert on from the 60 minutes report the cia the fbi all seem pretty confident that in the next 12 to 18 months deep fakes are going to be used to influence foreign operations in some way which seems very easy for me to imagine but also like i can't quite figure out like the the exact scenario um unfortunately nobody else has but like it does seem like it could easily be used to just completely fuck everything up i mean it's all it takes is just a fucking fake quote from mm-hmm. someone. Right. And even if it's debunked, you know, kind of like just the momentum that people already have going in this country. It's like, well, if I want to believe that about the person, like, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Cause then people would just be like, yeah, but he would say something like that. It's like right. what someone's rebuttal might be like, that's not real. Like, that's right. actually not real. Like, yeah, but either way, either way, like, not either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> no, no. Not My either God. Way. I just got chills from that. Yeah. That's either way. So no, not. Fucking either way, <laughs> then just tell me what the two ways are and tell me why that you're still not fucking disturbed or alarmed. Right. But 
yeah, I, I mean, that's where I feel like that's like the low, I feel like the lowest hanging fruit before we see something like, you know, Trump, like, you know, doing what messy one V one, like with a soccer ball or something. Mm. Right. I'd love to see that though. Or like Fauci, like talking about <laughs> the conspiracy behind the vaccine or something. I could definitely see that doing a lot. This almost feels there. like if, yeah, cr- like crank callers and we're running the show behind the scenes and like what we were seeing was all just like crank call after crank call. Like there's like that stupid video that right. ruled my childhood. It was like that you kicked my dog thing. Uh, Kerpaw. Paul. So like that to me yeah. was like a fake thing that didn't matter because it was like funny. But now it feels like that's going to be the standard and that's what people are going to be like putting money behind because they want to like grassroot create like movements. And so I don't know, man, it's right. it's really it's really sketchy. I, I just saw this so like non-binary universal progressive looking ad on on the Internet that was all about like making abortion illegal and protecting the Republicans from passing that law in Texas. And it was like, I'm non-binary, I'm LGBT, I'm this, and I support banning abortion. You know, it's like, we're, wow. we're just going to have to get used to that, of where people are just going to be mm-hmm. putting whatever because they, they think that that's what you want to see. Or like, they think that that's like the shortcut to actually creating a movement. Right. And it's going to work. It's going to work. That's the funny part. That's yeah. the funny part. Right. I'm a non-binary Asian person. I support FEMA camps. <laughs> put political dissidents. It's like, wait, what the fuck huh? is this? Huh? Yeah. I don't know. I figured that the messenger was the important part. No, <laughs> no, there's still some value. I'm still g- coming to grips with the fact that the racist prank call Kerpal kick my dog is fake. <laughs> Apparently Kerpal does, never said those things. Man. Oh, my God. The future is an Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard prank call. That's what we're doing. Is that the original deep fake? You idiot. (laughs) I hope you're leaving the room for my fist because I'm going to ram it in your stomach. (laughs) I will buy. Uh, This is the switchboard switchboard at the Gator Lodge. Governor, what are you talking about? I love that shit. How are you? Oh, man. Eamon, it's been a pleasure having you as always. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> Where can people find you? And you can find you? me on Twitter, uh, Amon.com, spelled A-Y-M-A, and then D-O-T-C-O-M. I, I just dropped a new podcast, though, if you like the sound of my voice. It's called Scoot Over. It's interviews yeah. with people who have created spaces for themselves in industries that have traditionally iced them out. So, you know, really dope interviews with, like, a plus-size model who now does ads for, like, Target, a woman graffiti writer who started doing graffiti at a time where women were not allowed to in, in a lot of ways, and now she's doing fashion and mm-hmm. designer stuff. A lot of dope interviews, and uh, of course, uh, you get to hear my silky smooth voice on it. So, plus plus. Yeah, cool. yeah. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? I think I have to give the award to a tweet I hate, but it's so funny because of what happened afterwards. It was a tweet by uh, Josh Mandel of Ohio. I think he's running. He never won a race, but he's there. He takes Twitter bio. Oh my god, I just looked at it. It says first statewide official in Ohio to support President Trump. Oh my god. The cringe. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I was a Trump fan before. Cool. Oh my god! Cool, bro. Dude, the, being a uh, MAGA that's hipster, a cool identity you have. Anyways, he he tweeted by by advancing the live critical race theory. The liberals are stomping on the grave of Martin Luther King, and so he got quote tweeted by Bernice King, who runs the account Be a King, uh, which you should follow by the way, because all she does is beat up on Republicans for using uh, <laughs> Martin Luther King. She says, uh, Dear Dosh, Dosh Mandel, Ohio, I invite you, if you truly desire to advance the cause of humanity towards true peace, to study my father's teachings in full and in context. He was not a drum major for a colorblind society, but <laughs> for justice, which requires truth about our past and present. Which, if that wasn't enough, right. <laughs> Dosh mean, Mandel was like, I want more. Oh. He tweeted back, and he was basically like, no, actually, that's not what your dad um, stood actually, for. Um, actually, <laughs> oh, that. no. He yeah. did that. And uh, it was just hilarious. It was a great day for Twitter, honestly. Uh, there were most days where I'm scrolling and I'm like, why am I doing this? Why do I have this app? And then you see something like that and it's like, that's why. That's, there it is. that's <laughs> right. why Twitter exists. Mm-hmm. Miles, where can we find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the other show, 420 Day Fiance, talking 90 Day with Sophia Alexandra. So stop by for some larfs. Some tweets that I like. 
The first one is from at Joe Schiappa, S-C-H-I-A-P-P-A. It says, six-year-old son, points at Gatorade in store fridge. Jonah at camp was telling me about the blue Gatorade. Me, you are not drinking Gatorade, six-year-old. I didn't say I want to drink it. I just heard about it. Pause. <laughs> then quietly, just want to taste the blue. <laughs> I'm like, yo, let him taste the blue, man. Come on, so I'm going to fuck his whole life up. Just tell me another about one it. <laughs> is a quote tweet from at Garbage Ape. So a quote tweeting an article from The Hill where it's like a it's a, like a clothing rack of like, you know, Nazi uniforms. It says three million euros worth of Nazi memorabilia found in alleged pedophiles home. And then Garbage Ooh. Ape said, thanks for including alleged. So this person's reputation isn't ruined. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Couple tweets I've been enjoying. Louis Vertel tweeted, I miss Bond themes like nobody does it better and all time high. They should sound like lately horny coffee commercials. That <laughs> 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 <it> was perfect. <laughs> and then Iffy, uh, Iffy Wadiway uh, had a great thread. Uh, in this thread, I judge which slasher's ass I could kick. Number one, Ghostface from Scream. Off rip, Skeet Ulrich, Ghostface is getting washed completely. Matthew Lillard, however, <laughs> I have concerns. Man's a 6'4 and built like a total unit, but the robes mess with his agility, and in the end, I'll win. And then he goes mm. through, and so, some he doesn't win. Jason Voorhees, mm. for clarity, we're talking human Jason, so it's fair, but to be honest, Jason's world has the horniest women. No way I won't be caught lacking in some cheeks. I lose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He no, could, is <laughs> could kick Chucky's ass, Norman Bates. You say that now. Yeah, but uh, lose see, to Pinhead. That's the that's the kind of transparency we need in Texas. Yes. Right. Thank you. Thank right. you. Uh, he even defeats Jaws, which is go to the go to the thread to find out how. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song are we sending people to go check out? All right, we are going to go out on just some some more rap. You know, just some just some spooky rap. Something there, the instrumental and the delivery just makes you feel like it's a spooky October. So that is going to be called, I, I think fittingly, a track called Double Hockey Sticks. Then that's Boldy James with Alchemist on the production. So watch out for H-E, Double Hockey Sticks. Check yeah, this that's one out. That's a good track. All right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever your favorite podcasts are given away for free. That's going to do it for us this Monday morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.